Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Views from the Bridge, a Philadelphia Union podcast. Actually, your first place, Philadelphia Union, going into the Gold Cup break. We'll break down today, oh, I guess the Chicago or the DC United Open Cup loss. Uh, this potential rumor, depending who you believe, about Andrew Wooten to either uh, the Philadelphia Union or the Chicago Fire. And I guess we'll talk about some other things. So I guess here we go, guys. I am joined tonight by Chuck Booth and uh, Paul Katrina Jr. What's up, guys? I'm loving your conviction with your topic choice. I guess we'll do this, and I guess we'll do that, and I guess this is a union podcast. But we're basically, the team's on vacation mode. I'm in vacation mode. Chuck's absolutely in vacation mode. He was an hour late to this podcast, so... Hey, He's... I was 50 minutes late. Let's get that correct. But late, but always on time. Hey, we're all here, so we might as well might as well start. I'll be a little more convicted about this one. Guys, let's talk about the U.S. Open Cup loss. I guess we lost to D.C. United in the last, oh, I don't know, three minutes of the game. Any uh, any thoughts on uh, our 2-1 to one loss in the Open Cup? I have two big thoughts. One... The fact that I could literally care less that we lost this game. Same. (laughs) The most, actually the most annoying thing to me was the fact that Anthony Fontana was the last sub made in the game. And he was the most game changing sub put into the game. This felt like a bizarro game for the union in a world where we have not even recognized Anthony Fontana as being a serviceable midfielder in this first well, place we union have, team. No one else has. Well, we've discussed yeah, him yeah. pretty heavily, mainly thanks to Justin being on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like I like the kid. <laughs> I like the kid too. Um, I, there's clearly something that the technical staff is seeing that isn't enough to warrant him getting more minutes as a young midfielder but as soon as they put him on that field he was running like there was no tomorrow and he was creating a good amount of those opportunities late in the game um it was nice to see him get the goal especially on his dad's birthday um i think uh it it does a lot for your confidence especially when you've literally been relegated to like between bethlehem and here you know you thought You thought that part of his professional career would be over and he would just be, you know, a bench guy who's coming in like the 70th to run at people and, you know, throwing some tackles and stuff. But, you know, you save him until the 111th, 112th, and he's a young kid who's ambitious to get minutes on a professional team. He's bound to, uh, he's bound to make something happen for sure. And I'm glad he was able to do it. I'm just... A little, a little peeved that it came in the result of a three-minute collapse where this team lost the game. I mean, can we talk about the fact, too, that um, one super sub, Ilsenio, going 120 minutes? I don't... <sighs> Bizarro I game. Bizarro game for the Union. Yeah, I hope Il- they... Il- I, Il- seriously. Ilsenio starting games is never a good idea. Ilsenio... Like going 120 minutes when has he gone 120 minutes over a four game stretch in this entire season? 
I don't know. think he spent 120 minutes standing for one period of time. Um, <laughs> if he's eating, maybe. Who eats standing up? <laughs> I mean, you've heard, about, you've, heard, you've heard about his kids at union events. Oh my god, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so again, if he's, if he's eating, maybe. Playing a game of soccer, no. Um, power, power to Elsenio because he is the best super sub in the league, and I will con- and we will all continue to say that. Yes. Um, but in no way, shape, or form should he be going 120 minutes. And like, I don't care that you have no wingers. Like, isn't there a reason why we're playing a 4-4-2 diamond in the first place? Yeah, for the purpose of we don't need wingers. <laughs> to attack <laughs> and like if you really need to throw someone out there you have galeno on the bench yeah yeah not to true. mention the fact that ray gaddis was not in this game for like a hundred minutes you had Mbizo up there who was providing a decent amount in the attack as well therefore <laughs> completely removing the need for a winger let alone a guy who I'm pretty sure in his contract clause, if he plays more than 90 minutes, he's automatically given a week's vacation in El Senia. Well, like they have to well, put him on a plane right after the game. Given it because there was a week's vacation after the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm point. telling you, he didn't even fly home with the team. He got right on a separate plane. So I'll see you guys in a week. Well, Going to Sao Paulo. Anywhere. <laughs> he probably You're just collapsed at the end of that night. <laughs> Yeah, let, let, let's not forget this game was in DC. Yeah, there was no team flight. There was a bus. Because God forbid they use up all their team flights. Okay. Oh man, this podcast. Um, Sometimes. So anyway, I'm supposed to be the one. Obviously, who's you don't need night. a plane to get to DC, and, but. Um. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, this game happened, Justin. It did. It did happen. And I actually didn't think it was too bad of a game. Like, I didn't think we played a terrible game. I thought for the the no. team the team that we put out on the field, I thought um, I thought Mbizo had some really good moments. Um, I thought he actually looked good. And the announcers kept saying, oh, he look, look, he provides offensive things from right back. And I'm like, huh, wonder who's been saying that all season long. Uh, <coughs> so that was something. Uh, but other, I mean, I didn't think we played terrible. Yeah, the see, the thing is, this year, I can't get sad about Open Cup, no. because Open Cup's not the only thing that I have to cheer for for a change. Exactly. Like, exactly. the only reason that Union fans are so held up in the Cup is, one, because Bethlehem as a, a major historic team in the Cup with their five Open Cup titles, and two, because... Literally during the history of the union, this is the only thing you have to cheer for. But correct, top teams don't win Open Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah. LAFC may be a completely different thing, but they're also a completely different thing to all of MLS. So yeah, they're an anomaly all, in all general. All considered, to... they don't count. It is always. A middling team that goes on a random run and finds a way. And if you looked at the lineups before the game of what the Union put out and what DC United put out, 
I would have just thrown up the game from kickoff. So the fact yeah. that the Union were able to keep it competitive and actually have a very good shot of not only winning it, but at least just going the extra time until the dying moments of the game, cool. Yeah. Not to mention the fact you had Wayne Rooney dropping into El Sino's space and delivering ball after ball, like chance after chance, you know, because El Sino's not going to provide you with a bunch of defensive pressure, you know. That's really where DC can be versatile in the way they attack, and they look like the DC team that started out this season with four wins out of the first five games, you know, and like Chuck said, at, at kickoff, this game's 50-50. You know, and the fact that it was 50-50 up until, like, the 100th dying minute of the game is a testament to the Union really saying, if we win this, we win this. If we don't, guess what? We kind of have higher aspirations in this season. You know, it, you're, in, you're in a better place than you've ever been in your club's history right now. And you need to keep that momentum going big time, especially with this chunk of games coming up especially with all the people you're losing to international duty. I, I think in the long scheme of the season, we're going to look back and be like, our guys are going to get a lot of decent rest, given that they don't have to worry about these weird midweek games that don't matter in the MLS standings. True, true. I think I think I'm totally fine. Setting this game aside and being like, you know what? It was an open cup game. Who cares? Um, you know, I don't I don't think the guys needed this game. Um, and it just seemed like we just sort of ran out of gas. And I think that's okay. So, Union out of the open cup, which is fine. We're going to concentrate on the league now. So, a couple other things happening in Union News. We've got this rumor kind of floating around about Andrew Wooten potentially coming to the Union, maybe the Chicago Fire. Who knows? Guys, what do you think about this? Chances that it happens, what it does for the team. What do you think about this potential potential move? I mean, it certainly makes a lot of sense for the Union. You know, uh, the whole signing as a general makes a good amount of sense to the way Ernst Tanner wants to build this team. I mean, he's a free agent. He wouldn't take up an international spot. He has ties to Germany. He follows Kai Wagner on Instagram, as pointed out by one <laughs> Ricky Zellefrau. Um, he's not subject to the allocation order for Americans coming into MLS. If there's a guy who's working the system harder in MLS, it's Tanner. And Wooten is a very good striker that would get a lot of good chances on this Union team. Like, a lot. Um, so, at very yeah, good go ahead, striker, John. that's where I'd probably disagree a little bit. He, I mean, while he has been a goal scorer and will be a goal scorer in MLS because, let, let's be real, the defending in this league is not up to par with the defending in the rest of the world. There is a reason why Kyle Wagner has been able to come over here and look like a revelation after coming from the third division in Germany as a defender. It's because MLS defending is just not up to par with the rest of the world. So, 
the fact that he can literally just put shots on frame, which is more than most other union strikers can do on a regular basis, means that he could be pretty effective if he can be had for the right price, which is one of the good things that comes with him not being an actual, like, top-tier U.S. international striker is that he can probably be had for not exactly what Fafa's... Um, I'm sorry. I think you Do broke the, Justin. I'm <laughs> sorry. Do the U.S. have a top-tier international striker yeah that's i don't think they do <laughs> okay we are doing tiers in the realms of the u.s national team not in the realms of everyone else because just like there's the english premium put on people going in the premier league there is still an american premium on players coming into the u.s to play soccer Sure. I mean, I get, I get you on that. I'm just, I was just more making. We're an argument talking in I, relative terms. No, I don't. There is no I'm, top tier. I'm striker. talking in relative terms too, and I. That's where I don't think that like, could you get? I mean, obviously he's got a transfer fee, most likely, but could you get Aaron Johansson for the same price as Andrew? Wooten? I would. I would kill for Aaron Johansson on this union team, and that is something that I've been saying for years. Well, yeah, so would I. But I'm just saying, I'm not sure that they're... The 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 U.S.'s best striker is still a 29-year-old who plays for Toronto FC. Okay, so, Josie's actually pretty good. But... I agree that Josie's pretty good. I'm just saying he's the best striker the U.S. has. So And then after that, it's like a fog. Yes. Like anyone, anyone you could really think of off the top of your head could maybe walk out of that fog as the number I mean, two option. Striker wing, you know? winger, um, now known as Timo, is coming. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. We're getting into a rabbit hole here. We are getting a rabbit hole. <laughs> rabbit I, holes I mean, are okay. It, it, you're right. Uh, I mean, I do think that this move would be positive for the union if it leads to more clinical finishing um and also only as a short-term move because he is 29 sure yeah i mean i wouldn't be opposed to keeping him for two years perhaps yeah, third year where three. things get a little dicey i don't i don't want anyone past their age 31 season except el Senior. Um, when, Il when Il Senio was 31, I didn't want him at his 31 season. So, he's, <laughs> but now you now you want he's him. Aged like him a fine his wine golden girls he's gone years. Backwards. It's true. I think we should. I think we should put up a poll. Have you ever watched someone age backwards like Il Senio has? <laughs> okay, Paul. This is it Benjamin Button? Let's get on that poll. You can throw that one up. Um, Beasley. You're yeah. right. That's yeah. probably yeah. about it. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Wooten potentially coming to the union? Um, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> not too confident in these floating rumors. Uh, 
that he's absolutely going to Chicago uh, for the same reasons that you know Chuck was alluding to um, earlier when we were discussing this. It's um, one guy saying that he can confirm that it's happening, and in the realm of breaking transfer news, guy's certainly not batting a thousand or even close to a relatively decent number in baseball terms. So take this news that's circulating around with a grain of salt and just watch how this plays out because Ernst Tanner is still in Europe. You know, it's not like he heard this news. He's like, well, I guess I'm shit out of luck and left. Or maybe he's just coming back with someone else. And I'm totally fine with that too. You know, I think his trip over there is not simply a vacation. Um, I think he's certainly doing his job because he knows what's coming up very soon. Uh, but, you know, this isn't the top-tier beautiful pick that everyone's going to oogle over if they get Andrew Wooten. But, man, the guy could produce if he was on this Philadelphia Union team. So I would I would put the Union's chances a little bit higher than Chicago to get him. I would put it at a 70-30 in favor of the Union. But... We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm fine with it if it happens, again, for the right price. Because yeah, um, one thing that we've seen with the uh, release of salaries is Tanner's paying a little more for players than we thought he was. It's true. But that also may be a testament to Sugarman opening up his wallet a bit because he I now mean, has a competent individual who's focusing on the first team and getting results out of the first team. I mean, the payroll hasn't risen by that much, so not really going for that one. It's just interesting to see because at the beginning of the year, we were like, oh, he's striking these great deals. And we're like, these are still good. But this isn't yeah. like getting Fafa on a straight-up steal kind of budgets. No. Yeah, but these are also better players that he's getting for a little bit more money. Like, these are good... Let's, let, let's, let's not forget what Fafa has actually done for this team. Because playing as a winger, he was, like, the second-best attacker on the team. And he's still on, like, 180k. Yeah, correct. He's making 20K yeah. more than Ray Gattis. Let's Let's put that in perspective. Yeah. I still think that's too much. <laughs> okay, you're wrong. Kidding! But... Kidding! Alright guys, well we got a Twitter question which we sort of answered, but maybe we can broaden it out a little bit. So, Union Nut, Justin Freiberg, sent us a two-parter question. First part, and we kind of addressed this, but maybe we can broaden the question out. As we try to sort out the potential Wooten to Union or not rumor, do you fully believe that Ernst will get at least one player from his trip to Europe? Yes. But it won't be announced when he gets back. Um, we won't even, we're not even going to hear about it until... Uh, the, it actually opens up. Honestly, if it's not Wooten, I don't think he comes back with a player. Because just due to the fact that right now the union are very hamstrung 
with international spots that if it's not an American, he can't really do that much during the summer, even though he has gone on record and says that he wants to make some deals. I think that they're going to be a little more under the radar, more likely than not over here still. Yeah, I also wouldn't be surprised if he comes back with a young American too, um, if if it's international spots that they're worried about. I'm not sure that Ernst Tanner is not capable enough to find us another international spot or two. Um, figuring out another deal somewhere else as well. So, I mean, I think that there's potential that he could come back with a player. I do think he comes back with somebody. I do think there's one piece that's going to get added to this team. I don't know if it's an MLS or I don't know if it's somebody from Europe, but I do think that there is an addition to the squad at some point this summer. We've also seen that he's not afraid to trade anyone on this team that he's simply not a fan of. So that's also not out of the realm of questions to free up an international spot as well. Mm -hmm. You know, off the top of my head, I don't know exactly who you trade right now to within like MLS, you know, because that's really the only place you can do it. But the person not on the roster. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> uh, but there's, that, all, there's only still, one that, truly I, tradable asset on this team, and that's Corey Burke. <laughs> and nobody's gonna take him right now. A lower league team might. He's already yeah. done that and found a way to figure out international spots there. It's true. It's true. I, it's just realistically. The other option would have been Fafa, who has value and is on a cheap contract for another team to take him. But you can't sacrifice your depth up top that much because Galena's not really a MLS starter. Like, you can't just go with two and a quarter strikers. Well, if you flip Fafa and you come back with Wooten for a salary that's maybe a little bit higher than what you were paying Fafa, I think that's pretty positive business on the union's end because it's basically a clean swap of Americans at that point. This this is more of a trade for an international spot than getting Wooten. Okay, uh, all right, I see Wooten, what you're saying. You're, you're trying to trade for an right. international spot. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay. Uh, I... It's, Anything, I think anything is possible when you're dealing with a guy like Tanner who's kind of been bookworming these MLS rules and being like, I think I could make this work. So I, I, I think something gets done. If it's not immediately when he gets back, I think you're absolutely right, Justin. We're going to see at least one piece added to this team at a position of need, whether that be up top or on the right side of the field in a defensive position to someone who's inept at attacking as a defender on the right side of the field. Ray guess. I don't, um, I don't know who you could be talking about. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, there's so many players on this team. I lose track. <laughs> All right. So that's our thoughts on those, uh, you know, potential rumors. We'll see. We'll see what happens from Tanner's trip to Europe and, and we'll see maybe what happens when the, uh, when the window opens. 
Guys, I wanted to think through, we got a little bit of a break here. Next game's not until next Wednesday. So we have a little bit of a break here in the season and the timing of the season. And we're getting close to halfway through the season. So wanted to just discuss a couple things to see kind of what you guys were thinking and, and maybe get some debate going. But let's start on the negative end because this is a Philadelphia Union podcast. Who would you guys say is the least valuable player, the LVP of the season? And maybe I frame this too as not necessarily the worst player, but the player who is most easily replaceable or has provided the least value. So let's put it there. Who is your LVP? Well, uh, I'll let Chuck go first. It's that time. Um, Papa Pico. Okay. Like, I love the guy. He hasn't been the worst player on the season because there have been times that he's actually been pretty good. But he's already been replaced by literally two strikers on the roster. So, if we're yeah, gonna God go forbid you, God forbid you bring in a third guy. <laughs> it's it's him. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could see your reasoning there. I I have a secondary answer as well. Um, after seeing um the salary releases by the team, if um I may be so obliged to say that as well. Sure, go ahead. You have been obliged. Um, it's a goalkeeper. I don't need to be paying Carlos about 175k to be the third string international keeper. Like, yeah, what in the hell? Yeah, yeah. I actually that is a bit of a head scratcher. So my answer was the goalkeeper position in general, and not because any of them have been that bad. But the fact that we've had They've three of them so and we're still sitting at the top of the table, it's like none of them have provided so much greater value than any of the other ones to make me, I mean, Actually, even want to pay Blake. I don't know. So yeah, I no, mean, American <laughs> soccer analysis actually like runs constantly updating keeper X, um, X save goals analysis. <laughs> advanced analytics. To try and describe analytics when you're All four right. beers deep. We're going moneyball here, so <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> but my point is I just think like they I don't know that any of them provide so much greater value than any of the other ones that I when I can look at a game and I could be like, oh, Blake's not playing? Cool. Freeze is in net. Oh, cool. Cornell's in net. Like, I'm like, okay. Like, provide us a little bit more so that when Blake's not there, we're like, oh, man, we wish Blake was there. And I'm just not sure that's happening this year. Now, is that necessarily an indictment on the way Andre Blake has been playing in general? Or is it just the fact that we're at the top of the table right now based on the fact that all three goalkeepers have performed admirably to yeah. get us to that point. 
Yeah, I think all three of them seem to be a little bit dispensable <laughs> because it really doesn't matter who's back there. And maybe that's more of just a compliment to the defense, saying the defense is yeah, good enough yeah. that, that so, it really hasn't – keepers haven't been challenged. Y'all, y'all want to hear this? You're getting, inter- you're getting interrupted by Chuck's drunk advanced I analytics. No, I, I've, I've found everything. <laughs> okay. And actually for the second I year – I found it for all. The, for the second year in a row – it actually has Andre Blake at the bottom of the table for goals that should have been allowed and goals that were allowed. And it is a oh plus my four discrepancy. Um, Who's at the bottom of that list? Evan Bush. <laughs> not not surprising at all. Not surprising at all. Oh, um, I was I wanted to guess beforehand, as but of, that was as my of guess. Last year, just like last year, the backup keepers for the union are both um, higher rated in this chart than Blake. Freezes saved essentially about one goal that he shouldn't have saved, and um, Carlos is actually at two point three. Carlos has so, had some good saves. I think it's, that's what it's makes just at his price compared to freeze for me that I'm just like, eh. yeah, I think that's what makes this gold cup. So, or I'm sorry. Um, I think this is what makes Jamaica's performance in this tournament. So important because if Jamaica can actually make a decent run in this and get themselves into the top 50 rankings in FIFA, then we can actually sell Andre Blake for a decent amount of money across seas, which frees up the posts to mm-hmm. let Matt Freeze kind of take over or let Coronel be that guy, you know, be the international goalkeeper that we're paying him to be because yeah, that was the whole reason Andre. why we couldn't. I, I do want to sell Andre Blake. I think Andre Blake has amazing value. I, I think there's a lot of teams over in England that could really use a goalkeeper like Andre Blake who doesn't have to distribute so effectively but just make save after save after save. It's it's something you don't see nowadays. It's inhuman over here to see it. And I think people, you know, who actually follow this sport can pretty much put it to the eye test and say Andre Blake is a wall when it comes to saving shots. But you can't do that with these stupid international rules and you're right just like you're absolutely right at this point it doesn't matter who's in net for the union because this defense has been overperforming way beyond what we expected out of a young center back pairing out of a new left back from the third german division and a man who should retire and do charity work for the rest of his career but um, I was going to say, you know when the defense started coming back to earth? When? When Andre Blake got back in goal. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I wish I was joking here, but... I know. I'm, I'm, I wish you were joking too, but that's what I'm saying. That's been, for me, that's been the least valuable player, is the goalkeeper position. And I think that's not an indictment on any one keeper, but when you have such a high profile keeper uh as andre blake and my thought too 
Paul, to your thought about he's got value. I'm wondering if teams around the world even see his value or if he does have value. Like, he might be a good MLS keeper, but I'm wondering if teams around the world actually even see his keep, his ability. Because my thought would have been when Kaylor Navas got picked up several years ago, like, how did Andre Blake not get picked up in that same sort of window? Oh, not necessarily that same. Ranking. Right. But I'm just saying, like, they both had good tournaments that same tournament. And Kaylor Navas Andre got Blake picked up by Real Madrid. You're right. You're right. Um, unfortunately, I'm hoping that while Tanner's in Europe, he's just pitching. I have this athletic freak of a keeper buy him so i can go and spend money on more guys it's true story true story so chuck's answer was fafa pico but the second answer of cornell mine was the goalkeeper position paul what is your least valuable player nomination well considering all the tangible options here uh, when you look at this team and how it could be advanced <laughs> to, the to the next level of play, to send this team over the edge to not just being a good team that's on a good run, but a great MLS team that can both defend and attack competently, I will say... Boy, I'm filling time. We had one question this week. This is it right here. I will choose Ray Gaddis because oh, what a surprise. there what a surprise. are people. There are people who can play this position both ways. Every single day I'm watching this union team, I become more and more convinced that he is the only broken gear in this machine. <laughs> That is simply holding this team back from going further. His value as a right back, it goes down because you can't attack with him. He's so lost in space anytime he gets anywhere near the halfway line. And his one-on-one defending is not exceptional. His zone defending is very good. He's very good at intercepting the ball. He's very good at pushing a ball up the floor or up up the floor. Oh my god. I am in vacation mode. Up the field. Wow. Um getting like getting that initial ball up there and allowing the team to move forward. Yes. But at this point, when you look at how this team's constructed, there are so many better options out there to replace him at the right back position. There really are, and it's a shame that it's not in Baizo at this point, because seeing those flashes in that Open Cup game was nice. I don't necessarily think that small sample size is enough to warrant him starting every single game from this moment out, but man, you could spend a very little amount of money to get someone on that right side to compliment Kai Wagner, and this team just opens up. The chances increase by, like, 40% 40% if you can have a guy who can track track back effectively, make moves to make people miss, and provide good service into the box. And 
again, great guy, great human being. But okay. Man. Yeah, okay. No, I, I, w- I wanted We've you to cut me that. off. <laughs> but man, that that's I'm sorry. It, he's on a basic MLS contract. You could p- get someone else in there at the same position for a basic MLS contract and make a much better impact on the game than Ray Gaddis can at this point in his career. You're right. But you think you would think with four games in 10 days or 11 days when we come back here, you would think that Mbizo probably gets at least one out of those four. You know, we'll see. Yeah. But, yeah. But we'll see. All right, guys, let's shift to the positive side. So I know that this could be could be an interesting answer. I, I'm interested to hear everybody's answer. But who is your most valuable player of this season? Jamiro Montero. Machine. He's a machine. That There's no one who pressures quicker, who is so skilled and fast on the ball. Pass, shoot. He can do everything. He really can <laughs> well, do everything on the field. There's someone else I, on the team that's close. They just don't have the pressure as quickly on the ballpark. Okay, but I'm picking the guy who can do it the best because it's the most valuable player on the team. I don't care who's close behind. I'm picking the guy who's in front of him. I'm playing. The you can win the. You, you can win the I'm, race by point zero one seconds and still be in first place. You, um, again, can't replace right now, and that's Harris Medina. Yeah, yeah, and it's a testament to the way he's bounced back from the beginning of the season. And Absolutely. I, feel like I just took Justin's answer there. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. All right, you guys go ahead. Why? I mean, as much as as much as I'd love to just go ahead and keep harping on Harris for the lack of defensive effort from the first couple of games of the season, um, he's picked it up by now. Everything being funneled to him to intercept every ball, like he's the start of every break. He's shown that he can still pass better than anyone on this team. And, man, his free kick goal was marvelous. And that's a testament to the three guys that are in front of them. He's the only person on the team that's good at set pieces. Yeah, No, he's the only guy that's good at set pieces on this team. And that is a glaring issue with this Philadelphia Union team. That said... He does not have to work that hard defensively when you've got Aronson, Bedoya, and Montero running at guys like full-blown maniacs where they have to telegraph everything that they're putting into the center of the field. But do any of them in his position start a break as smoothly? Montero. No. Because he can create so much space. He's got such quick feet on the ball, he can make anyone miss and open up space. And he can get the ball anywhere on the field. He's not as fluid as a passer. All right, Montero will obviously, 60% of the time, he is going to play the ball to Harris when he gets the ball, when he actually steals the ball, and he's looking to make his first pass option. It's obviously going to go to Harris because he's a gifted passer. Paul, we're allowed to disagree on this podcast. I'm disagreeing with you. We are I'm lucky. not taking it personal. I'm defending my argument, sir. We are lucky because this is not a golden concesa. We don't have to give it to one person. I understand that. <laughs> but two midfielders could easily be 1A and 1B for MVP. 
Okay, I just picked the one A <laughs> option, so you're allowed to go. So, Justin, why did you why did you pick the one B option? Well, now I feel like I can't pick the one B option, but I mean, for me, <laughs> so just pick Montero. <laughs> no, no, for me, <laughs> for me, uh, I would say Medunian. It's just because I think like he. He, I heard it. I heard it said of Sergio Busquets one time that if you watch Busquets, you you don't see him. But if you watch him, if you watch the game, you don't see Busquets. But if you watch Busquets, you see the whole game. And like that's how I really feel that's about Medunian right now. That if you if you watch the game, you won't see Medunian because he's not he's not Bedoya, he's not Montero, he's not Aronson, he's not gonna make the flashy play but if you watch him you see actually the whole game and what's happening on the field for the union so that i mean that for me but if if i had to give a one c answer because my one b answer was stolen or one a answer depending on your preference uh i would probably have to give it to jack elliott i mean i think jack, i 100 percent agree yeah. i mean i think jack has been so good this season um and i think even seeing him kind of bounce back from last year and, and kind of, you know, be in and out of the lineup last year. And then he comes back this year and like, basically, I mean, I think Curtin, as far as writing names on the sheet every weekend, I mean, Elliot has to be one of the first names down. I mean, I don't think you replace him at this point. Um, so sorry, Mark McKenzie, but you've been replaced. Um, so, I mean, I think Jack Elliott has been really, really good this season. I think he's been a really good defender. I think my only argument that would make him less than maybe Mendunian or Montiero was just the other end of the field and how he can't seem to put a set piece anywhere near the goal. And if he could do any of that, it would be nice to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fully on board with your Elliott pick. I um, Same. Probably one of the bigger... Jack Elliott stands out here. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's been a human vacuum. He allows Austin Trusty to be the more adventurous center back of the two because he cleans up anything that passes him. Mm-hmm. I am very interested to see the future of the three of him and a uh, three of them, including Mark McKenzie, because that likely ends with Trusty being sold. But I don't know if his value is high enough yet for that to happen. You know, if we would get an offensive right back, we almost could play a back five with some wing backs and change the system a little bit. But, you know, that's not going to happen. Oh, my God. I love you so much right now, Justin. That wouldn't help with our stacked midfield. Because that's the, the issue right now is playing all of them. Yeah, but it also, when you only have two and a quarter strikers, then you could take one of them off the field and mm-hmm. get Boom. that. I only like that when there's actual wingers, not outside sure. backs as wingers. Sure, sure. I'm not saying it's the right answer. I'm just saying, potentially, if you had the three of them back there, you this could almost that play. Be fun. This is the first year in a very long time that I am not behind a three at a ba- the three at the back. Um, pitch that is coming from Unionville. Well, with this team, with this team right now, same difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
So those are our picks for least valuable player, most valuable player. You guys should weigh in though. Uh, we'll put we'll put some questions up on Twitter and you guys can respond to them over this next uh, break because we have a good we have a good break here uh, in the season. So we're looking at another couple of another week and a half or so until the 26th when we play New England and then the 29th we play NYCFC and then we have our back to back home and away fixtures against Orlando City. Do we need to talk about those games at all? We talked about them a little bit on the last pod. Um, we did. We had a nice broke it down quite a on bit on the last pod. I don't particularly think that anything needs to be said until after our next midweek double. All right, sounds yeah, good. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with listening. Nothing wrong with listening to old pods, getting some information if the information is still decently relevant nowadays. We're um, also here on Twitter. I would. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty easy to access our podcast, guys. You know what I'm saying. Uh, I would also like to touch on the second part of uh, Justin's question in regards to um, when are we going to be getting some drunk commentary on some soccer games coming up, and I would like to announce. That we are in the preliminary stages <laughs> an announcement of, of an announcement coming. An announcement of a future announcement that we will be setting up a periscope during uh, future union matches, USA matches, where you can talk with us while we are talking about the game in hand. Uh, you guys can watch along. And I'm not saying mute JP Del. I'm not. JP and Tommy are wonderful mute, people. Don't say mute JP, because JP uh, is yeah. an American legend. Well, but yeah, sometimes you do want to mute Tommy. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to mute Union Games for any reason, you don't need to hear Onions 20 times in one <laughs> soccer game. The over-under for the time you hear Onions in a game should not be over like so. so talking speaking of that i loved when the dc announcers in that game or the espn plus announcers called it a bulge of the old onion bag yeah was that, like, was, that, uh, was that was wonderful i want to isolate um, that audio so <laughs> even though it was great um hearing bobby warshaw for the game although he did have a um very weird take where he said that um, Mark McKenzie is the union center back with the highest ceiling. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a weird. <laughs> uh, that was a weird take too. Hey man, he, he sticks to his guns, and I do I oh, do I very much respect Bobby. Yeah. Uh, someone on Twitter mistook me for Bobby Warshaw, and I don't think I've ever been more flattered in my life. <laughs> um, I think that's where this whole idea originated from. Um, we do like to really, you know, if we had the chance to talk about these games with each other while they're happening live and being able to interact with you guys while these games are happening, I think it's an opportunity that both parties would really appreciate because you're not getting raw comments. It, it's a fun idea, you know. It could easily last three games and just <laughs> catch on fire and it never happens again, but... We want to see where it goes because it does seem like a fun thing that people could get on board with. Um, we're very excited about the prospect of it uh, through Periscope, and we look forward to providing a tangible announcement 
instead of this pre-announcement announcement of a future announcement. So, uh, we love you guys for listening very much. And I'm not going to end the podcast here. That's Justin's job. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought I was just going to let you go. Yeah, you Damn, man. I was going. getting there and I said, you know what? Nah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. We do love that you guys listen, take part. We'll throw up some of these questions that we talked about today on our Twitter. You can find us at VFTBpod on the Twitterverse, and uh, we'd love to have you join us there and uh, do have those conversations with us. Ask us questions because we'll throw them on the pod later. later. Uh, guys, we'll probably be back uh, a week and a half from now or so, uh, probably after the game on the 29th. We'll be back around then. Uh, talking about both uh, the New England and NYCFC games. We'll preview both Orlando City games, uh, and then we'll be back to our weekly pods after that. So, sorry you missed us this week, but uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks, or we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. So, uh, our sponsor information is coming down the road, so check that out in just a second here. But we are sponsored by Gold Gold Press and Roughneck Scarves, and we're part of the Beautiful Game Network. Guys, this has been Views from the Bridge of Philadelphia Union Podcast, your first place Philadelphia Union Podcast. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace! Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge, a Philadelphia Union podcast. We can keep doing this through the help of our sponsors. The first, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. The other, Golden Gold Press. Golden Gold Press is the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Go check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Thanks to our network of soccer podcasts, The Beautiful Game Network. For your soccer news, opinions, and content, visit us at bgn.fm. Lastly, you can find us at VFTBpod on the Twitter and bgn.fm slash views from the bridge with hyphens on the web. You can also find us wherever you consume your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Go hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Thank you so much.